0: The Illinois Fighting Illini have to go take on Maryland, and they have to travel to Maryland, and this is not the same Maryland team that we're all used to seeing. This is a much-improved Maryland team. They are doing amazing things there. Their offense has taken off, and they're doing amazing things. As the Illinois Fighting Illini, are they in a spot to start to go in a downward, downward spiral? Can they figure out who they are by the time the game rolls around on Saturday? We're going to give a little preview here for that game, Illinois taking on Maryland. Uh, Make sure you like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow it and rate it on Apple and iTunes. Um, Check out all the other podcast episodes. Leave a comment in the comment section down below as well. Check out all the affiliates down below as well. Follow on Twitter at Coach underscore Steve 72 and Coach Steve 72 on Instagram. And there's a Coach Steve Show Facebook page as well. Illinois Final Illini football is in a dangerous spot right now. Uh, they are now not quite, like I said here, they're not quite in a downward spiral yet. But compared to the expectations, they are pretty close to that. Uh, they are 2-4, and four, oh and 3 in conference play. We had super high expectations coming in for the Illinois team. Because of the upward trajectory that Coach Bielman's staff had this team going, uh, they they kind of you know you your five win team first go around, then you get to eight and five. The next go around, you were seven and one. You were talked about. You were ranked. I know that the college football playoff they take the top four, but you were ranked at one point, uh, not in the top four. But if they had to come out and with the rankings, you were ranked there. And then the second part or the part of that season, then we ended up only winning one game and we ended up losing four more. You were in a position there to try to get and win the Big Ten West and get to the Big Ten title game, and it slipped out of our fingers. So getting to a bowl game, playing an SEC school in Mississippi State, um, came down to the wire there to try to win that bowl game. So all things pointed for Illinois that they had – they were going to have a great season. We were looking at the defensive lineman positions that we were going to have. The O-line was talked up. Luke Altemire and the things that he could possibly do was really talked up. Isaiah Williams was talked up. You know, Josh McCray. Like, a lot of things were talked up, and we had these high expectations. Not quite going undefeated, but I know even myself looking at the schedule, we – we had some high expectations for this Illinois football team, as well as Coach Bielman staff. They have high expectations as well. Cause I sat here and talked about how they should beat Toledo. I said they could beat Kansas. Penn State may be a loss too. I said FAU and Purdue they should beat. I even said Nebraska they should beat. And I've been wrong on most of these. And before we really you know talk more about Maryland for going down this path, then I said Maryland, it was a toss-up. I thought they could beat Wisconsin just because of the rebuild going on there, but they're not playing too bad. Minnesota just kind of depends on which Minnesota team shows up. I thought we could beat Indiana with how Iowa's offense is. Maybe we could get that win there, and then I thought we could beat Northwestern. The frustrating part for all this for Illinois is that maybe our expectations were too high, and the question now becomes with this transfer portal stuff, when you bring players in, And they're there for the first time and they're still trying to get used to your, you know, your standards, your way of doing things. Does it take a little bit for things to mesh and flow together? And then are there times where it's not going to mesh and flow well together? And you just, okay, you don't have the right group of guys. And that's kind of where this transfer portal is now taking us. You know, you think about it from an NFL perspective. You're going to sit and talk to the player if they're a free agent, and you're going to come up with a contract signed. They're going to get paid. They come in. Maybe they don't fit well in your offense. Maybe they don't fit well in this. That's happening in college football, and sometimes it's going to work out, and sometimes it's not. So I'm not saying Luke Altmaier is bad. Does he fit well in our offense? Does these certain things happen? Those are the questions that start to pop up. I said this um, on the last episode for Illinois after they lost to Nebraska. I just personally think that some of the players we had last year could hide. You want to hide your weaknesses as a football team. Defense, offensively, how do you hide weaknesses? Because then it's the other team's responsibility to exploit those. So on defense, if your weakness is your linebacking core – How do you hide that? Well, do you have good defensive linemen? How do you stunt them up front? How are you going to play them? Are they two-gapping? Are they grabbing offensive linemen to make sure they don't get to the linebackers? Are you cheating down a safety to help out in the run game with that core? That's just a little bit of an example. On offense, if you're struggling or your weakness is part of your offensive line, but you have a running back that's going to make people miss, does that actually make you look better blocking? Do you just cover people up instead of driving them off the ball? You know, and again, these are examples. That's the other question that's come up is, did Chase Brown hide some weaknesses in the offensive line? And does Tommy DeVito hide some of those things as well? I think it's leadership. I think on offense you're missing part of that leadership. Isaiah Williams is a leader. I just think to command the huddle, you're missing that Tommy DeVito because he played – we got to remember – he played a lot of football at Syracuse, and then you look at Luke Altmaier. He played one game, and so now he's trying to figure out his footing. He's taking risks, and that's why his interceptions are high. Now some are tipped. I just think that the expectations we had, we were just, and myself included, got caught up on paper. We got, you know, we're listening to what the coaches are saying. I think... This is just one of those seasons that if we can keep this group together, for the most part, I know we're going to lose Randolph and Newton and some others, maybe some some Isaiah Williams. But if you can keep them together, maybe next year they become better. Because another thing we have to remember, if we keep comparing things to the team we had last year, some of those recruits were Lovey Smith recruits, and they came in. They stuck it out. They they had to play right away as freshmen and sophomores. So by the time they're seniors and super seniors and extra super seniors because of COVID – their experience level was high enough to go against some of those five-star recruits in the conference that were playing right away. So Illinois had a lot of experienced players, especially on defense, and that's why the defense played so well that they were able to just go out there because they saw a lot of snaps. They pretty much saw anything that you could throw at them Off- like offensively to throw anything at that defense. They've seen it before. So I think we're just dealing with some... In experiences, There's some bumps in the road. We had super high expectations because I think we all got caught up what was being wrote, written on paper. And I'm frustrated with myself uh, with that because I know on paper you can't go by everything that you read on paper and articles because it's not one on paper. It's one on the field. Then... Because I'm worried about this downward spiral that Illinois is about to go down, you're starting to see glimpses of it because you have Coach Bioma who's very frustrated. He has publicly come out and said how frustrated he is. He's gonna have to have tough conversations. There might be some changes. Um, you know, we can't get to that bye week soon enough for them. Then people start to question play calling as an offensive coordinator. Now you got people questioning Coach Miller as the offensive line coach. Is he the right guy? Can he develop an offensive line? Which I find incredibly ignorant. I don't know if that's the right word, but I find it's not a good statement. Coach Bart Miller's career, he developed an offensive line at Ohio and Wyoming. He was at Wisconsin. They've played well. This year they're struggling. They're battling some injuries, they're battling some depth. I think Coach Bart Miller is one of the best offensive line coaches in the country, and he has been it's it's been written how highly good he is. So when we have these high expectations, then it comes down to people start calling for their jobs and we start questioning everything that we know. I don't think you need to fire Coach Miller because he's doing the best he can at the offensive line. They need to tweak some things to make it better for them, obviously, just from the outside perspective looking in, and we have to believe they're doing that at practice. I highly doubt they're sitting there telling them to do things they can't do. I think they do have to tweak some things here. Now the question is we thought that would have been done before Purdue or even Nebraska. Maybe they thought they could wait till after Nebraska because Nebraska is not a good football team. Now you're Illinois – you're in this position. You kind of just have nothing left to lose, really. I mean, it could be turned around, but we're not as confident looking at it from the outside, looking in, because of everything that we're seeing. Uh now, let's be a little bit positive here. I think the defense is starting to figure itself out. Yes, they gave up the 44 to Purdue. But if you actually watch, there was a couple missed tackles. There's a couple of this. Nebraska is not that great, but when you watched the scheme, and you watched how they were moving, how they flew to the football, how they finally started to tackle, I think that defense is going to slowly start to figure itself out. Again, they're young experience-wise. Like I said, when you have Sydney Brown back there and you have Witherspoon, they've been playing since they were freshman, sophomores, and then they're super seniors – they have tons of experience. It's like, like I said, bringing to Tommy DeVito in. You have that experience. He's seen a lot of football. Steady Eddie, as I like to call certain players. He was that steady Eddie, that defensive back, the the safeties and the corners for Illinois. That was that was who they were. I think certain safeties and corners for Illinois are really starting to figure it out. And it's not going to be that dominant defense that's going to keep them down to yards. It's going to be that mentality of, Ben, don't break, and we are going to have to be okay with it. Coach Walters talked about it. He said he was calling defense when they played Illinois. He called and he said, I am perfectly fine with giving up big plays because I can continue to try to bring pressure. I can help fix those big plays. We cannot panic. And I think Illinois is going to have to have that mindset going forward, especially as the the schedule does get harder, and you're about to play Maryland, who has a good offense. You're going to have to play that, Ben, don't break defense. Um, Newton has getting 24 quarterback pressures, I believe, which leads college football. So he's still playing with the defensive lines, playing well for the Illinois defense, the linebacker started to start to fly around versus Nebraska. I think that's part of the, the Illinois problems are going to figure itself out here as we move forward with Maryland, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Indiana, Iowa, and Northwestern. And hopefully, if they could figure it out, maybe a bowl game, but that's still asking a lot as of right now with their current record because they let some games slip through their fingers. Offensively, is going to be the side that we need to see some improvement. We The first drives are always great. I'm curious to see if they decided to make any changes. Are they going to be drastic changes? Are they little tweaks because they mentioned how We're close again, and I think as fans, we're tired of hearing that. Oh, we're close to figuring it out, but we're not executing. And I understand that from a coach's perspective, but if you're so close and it's not getting executed, what can they do? Is it Do you have to have all these plays? I personally think they don't need to do up-tempo. Coach Beal, I know, likes it, but for me, maybe if you're struggling with the offensive line, Maybe you don't need to do as much quick up tempo. Still do your know, huddle, you can get lined up quick. You know the formation part's not the hard part, but I think you just need to to make sure that that offensive line doesn't have to think. I think you need to start moving people from the guard spot back to their tackle spots. You know Adams needs to. I think we get moved back to a guard spot, and just start doing that. And because what what do you have to lose now? You're two and four. You got to figure something else out. And I'm hoping that they had a coming-to-Jesus moment because now about to play Maryland, I mean, you, you're you're going to have an offense that is confident. Now they don't protect as well. They're having some of their own issues up at offensive line. I think Johnny Newton can cause some pressures uh, up front. Um, looking at this Maryland team, they average 429 yards, which is a lot. They get 280 through the air and 148 on the ground. Um, Illinois gives up 220 through the 25 through the air and 176 on the ground, so this is going to be a battle between defense and Maryland's offense. I think if they are going to compete with Maryland's offense, they do have to get uh, Tenovaloa to be pressured. I think he can run, but I think if you make him uncomfortable, he gets hit a couple of times, and you're forcing them to change some of their pocket protections. Do they keep more guys into block? I think if you start to create some pressures, if the linebackers are going to fly around like they did, if Johnny Newton and Keith Randolph can come up there and cause some pressure and you keep them fresh, they're going to cause some issues. And if you're physical with those receivers, any type of mesh routes and crossing routes, if we can collide with them, I think defensively, if you're being physical and you're rallying to the football, you you know, you're going to make it a battle. And again, Ben, don't break if they're getting some big plays but then you're able to stop them once you get down to like the 30-yard line. If that's where they get to, then that's what happens. Um, they did battle Ohio State pretty well uh, until Ohio State. Remember, they were Ohio State, End up winning 37-17. to 17. But they have beaten Indiana, Michigan State, Virginia, and Charlotte. So, I mean, they're, they're playing pretty well. They're pretty confident. Confidence is the key word there. Maryland's defense, they give up 229 yards through the air and 107 on the ground. Illinois gets 127 yards on the ground and 250 yards through the air. So offensively, we need to see them run the football more. We need to see them running the football. I, I said this before. They need to get into 12 personnel. I don't care if they get into 20 personnel and 21 personnel. You could do that from shotgun. Maybe they – I don't know. People want Luke Altmark to go under center. Maybe sometimes. I'm not saying they have to do it all the time. But I think you do have to have a package where he does go under center. And I don't care if he's uncomfortable or not. You make him practice it because this is what best is what's best for the team. They need to be able to run the football, and I think if they get back to running the football, rotating running backs in, get Luke Almire to run, put Isaiah Williams in the backfield for all I care, do those type of things, then what starts to happen is. Then you can get zone pop passes where the tight end can slip after you're faking that. You can get into like a wide zone boot rollout type stuff and do short passing games. And don't force him to take some of these unnecessary shots. Yes, you have to take some deep shots, but they have to be able to control the clock. I don't care if they're down 14 to nothing. They still have to be able to do those things to move the ball and score. But they have to have long sustained drives. They cannot not convert on third down. They have to be able to put themselves in better situations And they got to figure out why the script at the beginning of the game is so good. And as we get going, it kind of stops. You know, what kind of adjustments are we going to make? I have to sit here and believe confidently and believe from a coach's perspective into the insight of these Illinois coaches that hopefully the playbook, whatever it was, is simplified down. And they're not going to think up front. And they've had some coming-to-Jesus moment. And they can just go out there and compete and if that offense can go out there and get some big time runs cuz they only had like 20 yards rushing last game and that is not what does that's not going to help this team win. They are not an air raid team. They are a team built on play action, RPO, short intermediate passes to a deep shot. That's what they are. And for Luke Altmaier, he cannot force balls to get interceptions. We have to take care of the football. We cannot fumble. We have to get the run game going, get the tight ends involved, which then will allow the wide receivers to be more open, which will allow the offensive line to be more confident because they're running the football. I think if you do short passes, that helps the offensive line start to become confident, pass protecting, because you're getting the ball out within two seconds. They don't have to pass protect for five seconds. Maybe a lot more slide protection stuff. No, Not as much big on big. And I think having the running back staying to block, a tight end staying in block, running two to three-man routes, that's what you're going to have to do. And we're going to have to live and die by that instead of just doing all these different things. I think you get into shifts. I think you get into unbalance. I think you get into shifts. I think you do this, continue to do the motions. Those type of things and keeping the playbook small and doing those things where they're not looking as much. Luke Omar knows, okay, my first rate, second read, boom, get rid of the ball. Nothing wrong with that. They do those things and compete with Maryland, there is that small chance that they could figure out how to put themselves into a position to try to steal this from Maryland. And if they steal this from Maryland, then we start talking about okay, if they could do that now and then not add plays, but now you can tweak certain blocking by not adding more plays. Now you can look at more shifts, more motions, maybe you add another formation and don't add plays. Those are the things. And then once the offense starts doing that, then the defense is going to feel less pressure on them. They're not going to think as much, and they're going to fly around and make some plays too. So there is that small chance that Illinois can come out here and compete and do this. But Maryland is not the same Maryland. They are a Maryland team that can compete. We saw that when they played Ohio State, and Ohio State pulled away from it. Uh, Maryland's offensive line has similar struggles like U of I's offensive line with – pass protections and pressures on the quarterback. We do all those things. I think Illinois can stand there and compete and do good things um, Saturday afternoon. And I think we need to pump the brakes on firing coaches right now because they are doing the things they need to do to try to be better. I know we're not quite seeing it, but they we have to believe that's what they're doing. Um, and, again, don't talk about firing coach Bart Miller. He's one of the best O-line coaches in the country. Don't care what people say. Um, he will figure it out and do what he needs to do to try to make them better. Um, but I think those are the key things there for Illinois to try to compete. Not saying they're going to win. I don't want to sit here and say that anymore. But now, now what we're going to look for is competing. Can they control the football, take care of the football? Is the defense able to stop get stops when they need to and stop people on third down especially? We start to see those things. They'll be put into a position to to do well. Um, that will do it for this Illinois versus Maryland preview. Um, like, and subscribe, of course, uh, follow on Apple and iTunes, uh, follow coach underscore Steve 72 on Twitter and coach Steve 72 on Instagram. Then there's a coach Steve show on Facebook. Um, leave a comment, comment section down below. Check out all the affiliates, check out all the other episodes. Uh, so thank you guys again for watching and or listening. We will see you guys next time.